Hey guys, April Walterscheid is my guest this week. April is an actress and comedian who has had forays into podcasting and videos and other short sketch work and voice work and uh, just always kind of exploring new media from which one can perform and tell jokes and uh, we had a lot of fun talking about her whole body of work. We sat on the floor of her home as everything was packed up around us uh, because she's actually heading out west as one does uh, when they are in this line of work. Uh, so it was nice to get that perspective as well of somebody who's decided that it is their time to uh, leave Phoenix behind for a while and, and try to explore what else is out there, whatever that means. Uh, but for those of us staying here, the weekend this comes out is also the opening weekend of Survival Skills, the Laughing Pig Theater two-person show that I directed. Uh, and it is going to be a lot of fun and a lot of interesting stuff as well. Uh, so if you are going to be in the Phoenix area, uh, June 29th, 30th, July 1st, or July 7th, uh, we have shows every one of those days uh, at the Mesa Art Center. There's more information on LaughingPigTheater.com or LaughingPigTheater's Facebook page. Use the promo code PODCAST to get $5 off your ticket. And... Uh, it's going to be a real interesting show, guys. Real DIY vibe to it. If that seems like your thing, um, then I think you'll enjoy this. It's almost, I guess, in the most marketable sense of the term, a feminist sketch show. Um, take that as you will, I guess. That hasn't been cleared with the performers, so I don't know how they're going to feel about it. But they don't listen to the show, so it's cool. Well, one does, but it's whatever. But I think you guys are really going to enjoy it, and I know you guys are going to enjoy April Walterscheid. Welcome to Starving Artist Phoenix. I'm Tony Machete. Just wanted to let you guys know ahead of time, my guest this week is a vegan. I feel like that's important to, to make note of. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I'm speaking with April Walterscheid. How are you doing today? I am good. It is hot outside, and I'm usually a cold person, so... It's so it's hot, crazy. and I am broke for the next couple of days, so I'm driving with the AC off so I can like save gas. Does I get that really work, though? I hope so, because I'm so miserable. I hope it was. You gotta watch some Mythbusters about that. <laughs> I, I think I'd rather live in ignorance until I have a paycheck. <laughs> Once I can fill my gas tank, then I'll look back better. and laugh. Um, like I did it! Yay! <laughs> I made it because I have my yes, AC off. I'm such a martyr. I'm so powerful. You're wearing a coat right now, so. Um, it's not a coat. It's like just a my oh, like my business shirt. Yeah, from like by, I just came from my job. So did you know you could be less hot in your car if you took that off? Okay, no, yeah, you're not in your but, car right now, but. Uh, but but I'm also a, a very sweaty man, and so I, I'd rather have <laughs> the mask, this, yeah, oh, this thin vein of okay. denial that I have. Um, wow, we're really breaking down some boundaries yeah. uh, right off the bat oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> I podcasted 10 times before this one. <laughs> no, 20. Okay, anyways. <laughs> no, that's definitely that's a what good as place to start as any, because one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you is because you are somebody who has 
not hesitant whatsoever to just start a project, uh, whatever that might be. Like you're somebody who, I, that's, that's I think, just a, a tendency that I, I love. And that's the type of people that I kind of track down for this because the whole point of this show is to talk to people who are creating their opportunities really and, and finding a way to make things work in the Valley. And so and that I'm, I'm very curious, um, what, I guess, where, did, where does that attitude come from? That, that ability to um, just hit the ground running on something? Just, um... yeah. I can't relax sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I meditate and I try to, and it works. I when I relax, I go into like a dream-like state for the day, so I have to be careful. Uh, a day, very daydreamy person. Like a fugue. If I... Yeah, I forget what that word means. But anyways, <laughs> not look it up. It is um, accurate. <laughs> accurate. Okay. Um, my, I think I get it from my parents, just not wanting to disappoint them. Hi, mom and dad. <laughs> um, long time fans. Yeah, yeah they just one. in the past like five years are just. Like, as soon as I moved out of my parents' house at 28, they're now like, oh, this girl has dreams, and she's met people from TV shows, and okay, she knows what she's doing. Like, I don't. Like, I hesitate on starting projects all the time, just like anybody. It is weird when you when people start something, mm-hmm. and then you're like, wow, that person knows what they're doing, but then they don't know all the... Every day when you wake up, you fight yourself. <laughs> You're in a fight with yourself internally, you know? Well, what's interesting is that um, you've kind of left it curated on the internet. Now, and that's something I think a lot of people are afraid to do. Even even the people who do muster up the courage to start a project um, uh, over the years, a lot of times I think people try to cover up their previous body of work or, or kind of just shove things aside oh. once they're done with them or like they feel like they weren't as successful as they wanted them to be but like I you it's all out there like well at least a lot of it is out there and pretty uh pretty easy to find you know on, on YouTube and on the internet and social media like you you have a pretty solid record of, of stuff that you've done that you've started and finished so I I'm is it finished it might not be <laughs> like I, I don't nothing's ever finished just that's a, a tip number one for artists nothing's ever finished I like that. But you guys know that. You guys know that. I do. I've asked. <laughs> you feel that. <laughs> uh, um, but so uh, what, what was your first uh, foray, I guess, into like performing arts, creative arts? Can I mention something really quick? You I can. I don't mean to get off topic. Yeah. I mean, this is okay. There is a blog spot that I don't know if people find, but there's a blog spot, a very complainy blog spot from 2009 <sighs> where I talk about How did I miss this? my bank. Well, maybe you saw it. Maybe. I'm trying to find it, but... Oh, it's called Goodbye Chains, dot, 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 Hello Change. So it's from like 2009, and I'm, I wrote like every day. It's just pair, I just, you know, once I start writing, I don't stop. Yeah. So I'm afraid to write sometimes. But um, I talk about a bank robbery that I almost was involved with. So if you want to read it, check that out. It's on Blogspot. Again, it's um, uh, Goodbye Chains, Hello Change. So make sure there's an ellipsis in there. If you the ellipsis in there, yes. yeah. Um, uh, wow. So what was robbing banks like? Um, I didn't do it. I worked. I wish, but no. Um, it was a creative project, and I had to start it. Just kidding. Um, it was a think piece, and um, no, I worked at a credit union. <laughs> it was a great think piece. I was involved in that involved with that I never wrote. See, I don't finish projects. Uh, I, I guess I did write it. Okay, anyways. Well, then this is all for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyways, I worked at a credit union for, like, a few years. And there's always in the back of your mind when you're a teller, like, okay, the next person, this old lady who looks really nice, she could have a gun under her dress. Like, there's always, in, like, the back of your mind. 
And I think the chance of a robbery happening is like 1% or 2%. But it's still like you're in a house of money. Mm-hmm. People want where you are. <laughs> they want what you have. Like that's if you want to feel in demand, work at a bank you're in demand <laughs> you know a lot if you want to feel special <laughs> it, it's true I, I worked at wells fargo for a couple of years and yeah it's it's kind of a little bit of a power rush to be like i have so yeah, I much have like <laughs> yes i can control everything i've yeah. been in the vault i've seen it <laughs> the door is heavy uh the door the door for the vault i know i'm getting off topic again but like the door for the vault if you're not careful in opening it, you will get smashed by it. Just so you, yeah. like oh. the moment, like once you start opening the door, it doesn't it like stop. Pulls you. Yeah. Yeah. If you're behind that door, you're not, it's like ducktails. It's like, you're gonna <laughs> get smashed like a cartoon. Yeah. I remember when that little small child in ducktails got murdered by that door. Vault. I know. Yeah. Right. And then they, and then after they're like, well, he wasn't really a main character. So they jump into, they dive into the coins and start playing. A woo! A woo! Uh, uh, yeah, but okay, so you're, you're right. I mean, that's it's so, something that you leave in a kind of a constant state of a little bit of stress. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so one time, I was, you also kind of hope it happens. You see, like, the, I, I like a little bit of danger. So I'm like, I hope I get to see it happen. But no one gets hurt. You know, so um, I was at Mesa Community College. I went there for eight years, got an associate's degree because <laughs> I was doing one or two classes a semester and having jobs. And I remember getting off the bus. This is I took the bus, the city bus for six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweaty all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, cold all the time and then dramatically sweaty when you walk outside because <laughs> cold on the bus. Um, your ass hurts all the time from sure. sitting on the bus seats. Um, yeah, I got off the bus and I saw like, you know, police. And I'm like, did I miss it? <laughs> like, oh, why did I go to school today? <laughs> but, you know, I wasn't scheduled till after anyways. Mm-hmm. But the bank is, I don't know if it was the bank or the fact that I was saving money by taking the bus, but uh, I did save up, by the age of like 23 or 24, saved up $10,000. Wow. And, um, and I was still like afraid to move out of my parents' house. Like I was going to die. Like, they, that's when they didn't believe me. They're like, yeah, you're going to die. Like, anything you do, you're just not going to be good enough for it. That's kind of the, um, like, everything I did was, like, wrong to them. Mm-hmm. Unless I did chores, then I did pretty okay. So, <laughs> but, yeah, then when I moved out, they're like, wow, we believe in you. Okay, that's the robbery story. I mean, but read about it on the blog because it's really great. It's much better than what I just said. And you really get the nuance of it. Um, so that's an interesting idea. I feel like um, you've, you've already in the few minutes like mentioned kind of personal anxieties and uh, oh, like, I'll mention like, them all yeah, day. So, well, how do you feel like that informs uh, the type of ways you create, you express yourself? Oh gosh, I'm. Uh, I think I'm normal, but people think I'm weird. <laughs> yeah, I think I dress normal. Well, not really. Um, well, I mean, there does seem to be an aesthetic you're kind of curating for yourself, um, at I'm least curating. publicly. Um, but, glasses. I mean, glasses. <laughs> and yeah, colors. Wild, though. Wild <laughs> Tina Fey glasses and colors, uh, like Teletubby colors. But, uh, I mean, is, is there anything about, like... Rainbow Bright. Uh, <laughs> I love Rainbow Bright. Sorry. Shout out to Rainbow Shout Bright. Shout out to Rainbow Even Bright. Even inspired us all. Uh, is, is there anything in, in that kind of mindset that you've had your whole life of feeling like... Uh, but you're, you're not going to succeed. And uh, how does that translate into, I guess, how you decide to, to be creative? How does that translate into, like, the type of comedy oh. you do? Okay. Or, yeah. Okay. Does I it don't... make sense? I don't know. Yeah. I, um... Ooh. 
you know, I get told I'm funny, but I'm never sure I am. So uh, there's that anxiety, and that translates into me. I always want to talk about things that people may not normally think about, but I think that immediately alienates an audience if I don't say it right. And I get scared I'm not going to say the joke right. Like, I'm not going to introduce it right to where they can relate. Like, I always fear I'm going to alienate people right away with obscure references or something. <laughs> but uh, I don't like to go for the my tits and my vagina. I don't like to go for that stuff. Well, uh, that is relatable. I know. <laughs> That's what sucks. It's like... <laughs> um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just go for the obscure stuff. So I think, like... Um, do you feel like that's setting yourself up to be anxious though? Because I mean, you, you just said you you worried that with obscure material and like you uh, that you're you're kind of. But I'm also in I'm yeah. also for doing stand-up comedy that makes me happy, even if no one laughs. So. Okay, so you think <laughs> that that is like stronger than all the feelings of like, what if they don't like me? It's kind of like you are an actor and you get cast in all these commercials, it becomes empty. I've heard, I haven't been cast in a ton of commercials. That's nothing like me. I don't know what that means. I mean, I've been an extra in a lot of commercials with like Kurt Warner or something, but um, not the main person. But I have a friend who's in a lot of commercials, or a few friends, and they're talking about how it gets empty because you're just in commercials. You're not really doing what you like. Like, it's money, but it's like, it might be a thousand or three thousand dollars, but it's like kind of, um, you know, it's like going to a corporate job. Eventually, you're like, oh, this isn't really... So that's why I would do the joke that I like. I would mix the thing I like in there, in there to the relatable stuff. So I'm like at least doing something that my heart likes to do. That's, that's an interesting thought. And I, I, I feel like I'm interjecting a yeah, lot. No, this. I, try no, I, I thought I was interjecting uh, <laughs> a lot. And I'm the person being interviewed. Uh, but I, I'm in training for a new like kind of corporate office job right now. And the trainer is like, you know, every day is coming in with the, the big enthusiasm and like, you know, it's like, oh, it's 110 degrees outside. Oh, it sure is hot. You know, this type of stuff. And just you talking about that now, it, it is like, God, that is the most relatable stuff is just the most sanitized. Like, you're laughing because you're aware of it and there's no real. He's just talking about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted, oh, yeah. Like, Ooh, it's oh, hot. My, yeah. my rent's late again. I mean, uh, it is. Yeah. But, like, it is currently late. And mm-hmm. I have the best landlord. I love you, Tressa. She's the best landlord. I don't need to make it late. I just. I'm late for some reason but uh yeah like the easy just you know oh my my girl dumped me my boy dumped me you know whatever it's like that's and I'm sure this is old news in the actual comedy circles but I mean it is it's interesting to think about that I feel like most people think of like low like easy humor low humor as like something lowbrow um but it is sometimes just stating facts that people jump on board with I don't know yeah, because it seems real. Um, mm-hmm. Like, if someone's writing for me, I, ooh, if anyone wants to write comedy for me, let me know. <laughs> I've had people offer, and then my friend KJ offered. I guess I could ask him again. Yeah, yeah I would, I, I would, if I'm going to talk about something boring, uh, I, I don't, like, if you're feeling the real stuff, it's easy to talk about it on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, some days you're feeling that, and you're like, mm-hmm. I just want to mention this in some funny way, and it's not profound, really. But you can also take the boring stuff or the mundane stuff and make it into something that's kind of like about Shirley Temple, or because I usually talk about Shirley Temple. <laughs> so. That goes back to the that goes back to the aesthetic, though. So I mean, what what yeah. is it about that 
um, that whole I don't know genre, that whole vibe, that that whole um, era that you feel like you relate to, you connect with. Because I mean, you you know you had the Shirley Temple and Friends thing that you did recently, yeah. and that whole thing. Yeah. Judy Garland, I got in. Well, Ben and Duke, I I watched um. I don't know what it is, but I watched uh, Wizard of Oz as a kid, like a lot, and Little Mermaid, which is not in the 1940s. Um, it's very just under. It's very ocean. It's ocean. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, just I don't know what I just said. <laughs> going, going through the mall, just getting really into ocean 90s music. Just like ocean my style. And, yeah. Like Billy Ocean. No, it's 80s. Um, so <laughs> I think it's because I watched. Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. like, I don't give a shit about Judy Garland. I mean, I like the movie. I watched it a lot. But then recently I got into Judy Garland again. And I don't know how. Just in the past three weeks, I've, like, mastered her voice. Nice. And I could sing a little bit. Okay, if you want right now. Okay. <laughs> and I think, I don't want to, like, necessarily live during that time. Because I know, like, women, you didn't have rights. But... <laughs> Um, like, like I saw a YouTube comment on one of Judy Garland's videos, and a guy, uh, it was probably just a scene, she wasn't in the kitchen much, she doesn't know how to cook, but, ob- like, she looks like she does not know how to cook, <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, she cannot save anything besides her voice. <laughs> she can save her voice. Um, there was a comment on a YouTube video, and I forgot what the video was of her, but... This guy was obviously Republican. Are you Republican? Um, yeah, just that's why I have an arts podcast. Okay. Just a hardline, <laughs> conservative, red-blooded arts podcast. Oh, I knew it. You're wearing yeah. kind of a pink-red shirt, so I wasn't sure. So the comment said, like, uh, this is, why aren't women like this anymore? Like, back then, they cleaned the house and they cooked food. And I'm like, you know, that's that's nice and everything. Uh, but the women in, the, the people you're watching, the men, too, that you're watching in this, film scene uh they did not have a home life they lived at the studio <laughs> they did not know what a kitchen was did you know that like these uh, women who are portraying people in the kitchen they yeah. are working long hours <laughs> for the man <laughs> like <laughs> they're getting paid a thousand a week which is a lot maybe th- maybe three to a thousand three hundred to a thousand a week depending on who you were they're on drugs all the time. Yeah. Like, they don't... They're being fed, like, coiludes or whatever. I'm like, sir, they're not actually a housewife. <laughs> Did you know this? Um, but I think he was kind of idolizing the actor in yeah. there, and I'm like, that's not what it is. I miss when things were black and white all the time. I hate seeing color. And without the black people. <laughs> Everything's just white all the time. White light. I can't even see what's going on. I'm blinded by myself. I'm the white man, and I'm blinded by myself. Sin text. Uh, sorry. No, that's totally fine. Um, that's, uh, you did mention another thing I, I do want to talk about, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but um, you talked about voices and, and stuff. So one thing that I've, I've noticed a lot with people who are exploring a lot of different kind of creative venues and stuff like that, they, they try to um, have a, a pretty wide skill set uh, especially if they're kind of just starting off, kind of padding the proverbial like resume with with a lot of different things. Uh, was it a conscious decision for you to like try and do like impressions and voices and things, or is that something that you legitimately were just like enjoying first? How did that work? Um, I will say, when I do an impression or a voice, I do get lost. I don't know where I am, and I realized in time that that's a good thing. If you feel that way about something, mm-hmm. you're on the right track. Because <laughs> uh, when I was 
whenever I was in a play and I was I would get lost in a scene, I'm like, oh my god, I'm not doing it right. I need to know exactly where I am. But it, yeah, I thought I was doing something wrong. So the impressions though started um, when I don't know if it was conscious at first. I probably told this story a few times, but uh, sorry if anyone's listening, they've heard this this before. Um, sorry, mom. Sorry, friends. <laughs> sorry, my other podcast. Um, uh, I think I was on like a phone with a friend who I just made a friend with, my friend Morgan. She's born on Hitler's birthday, 420. And I didn't know that at the time it was Hitler's birthday or associated with weed. But um, I was on the phone with her and I just made friends with her a few months before and she knew me. She knew I had just a brother, a little brother, a mom, a dad, and me. But I called her and before I called her, I made like an impression of a little girl on like a tape recorder on the 60s or 70s tape recorder. Just like, on a whim. Just an ugly ass tape recorder. It's brown, not brown, uh, tan. <laughs> um, and I made like little sounds like, like, hey girl, what are you doing? Like that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, And I called her up and I pressed play <laughs> on it. And I'm like, hey Morgan. Yeah, I don't know if I can play today. I got chores and got to pick up the dog poop. And then suddenly there's this like, April, what are you doing? And I'm like, and she's like, who's that? Do you have friends over? I'm like, no, it's my sister. And she's like, I met your whole family. You don't have a sister. I'm like, you didn't meet all of us. Like, I just. <laughs> just come in. <laughs> yeah, so that, I think that's an impression. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that is essentially voice I, work. Yeah. I was seven, six or seven. That's so insane. maybe, yeah. And then I would imitate. Uh, Saturday. This is in all my bios. When on a comedy show, this is in all my bios. And again, whoever's listening, I'm sorry you're hearing, reading, <laughs> hearing this again. Um, I think this is a common thing that people did. I want to say a lot of people did this. Um, you record in the '90s. You record Saturday Night Live on a VHS tape on the weekends. Every weekend, you record like an episode, or almost every weekend. Hmm. And then during the week, you imitate it after school instead of doing homework. <laughs> With your friends. What kind of stuff would you imitate? Spartan cheerleaders. Oh, my God. I was just, but like, uh, my, my trainer, like, I was just talking about, she reminds me of Sherry O'Terry so Who does? much. My trainer. Oh, she, wow. Like, like, her hair has a little her? bounce. Well, she's, you know, she's awful. She's not going to listen to this. She's a really she's insensitive person. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> her, her whole vibe that she puts out is very much like, so check me out. Yeah. So check me out. <laughs> yeah. That's Don't me. follow me, super guts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I imitate them, like, there's this one where I'm gonna do one of the cheers. Um, yeah. It was at the sw- like they cheer at weird things. They cheer at chess tournaments, yeah. swim meets. So the swim meet one was like, so you think you're gonna beat us? You're acting like a fool. Cause we're not turning water. We're peeing in your pool. Drink it up and like it. Wash it down. Wash it down. Drink it up. We like to watch you drown. Watch you drown. Can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one so much. And then taco, burrito, what's coming out of your speedo? You got troubles. Woo, you're blowing bubbles. Woo, moat, 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 moat. You fuck around like a motor, but not troubles. Woo, you're blowing bubbles. Like, <laughs> um, diarrhea. I don't know what they say at the end. Um, but I would just bring friends over um, to imitate that. Like, my friends after school. And I wasn't allowed to have friends over, so my parents worked at Intel Corporation. That was what you took the risk for, yeah and yeah right i started an improv troupe at like nine <laughs> and look where i am 33 i have nowhere <laughs> i have nowhere right now 
<laughs> I took a long break in between. I didn't believe myself in my teens. Between nine and an hour. Between like 10 and 20, probably didn't really do as much. So if I had just done something then, I probably would be further. Um, but yeah, I wasn't a lot of friends over, so they have to like imitate. Mm-hmm. We'd, And they were like, April, we don't want to. But I'm like, please, <laughs> please do this with me. <laughs> please. <laughs> ah, let's not do math homework. But they'd come over. They'd probably just watch me do it. But I'm like, please, can you join in? So don't feel like this is all about me. Uh, let's be... A, Let's work together. I like working with others, yeah. a team, even though I'm an Aries and we're like all about ourselves. So, um, and then my parents, you know, they would, I think by five they'd come home and I had to have my chores done. Otherwise I'd get the belt or my finger smashed in a drawer, whatever Hitler style bullshit because we're part German. So mm-hmm. whatever Hitler <laughs> stuff they want to do, um, whatever like waterboarding tactics they want to try. Uh, they're really fun people, which is very confusing. <laughs> they're actually fun. My parents are actually fun, guys, but they would use waterboarding tech because they're, they, I should have knew, known they were going to be become Republican because they did all that, you know, they were Democrat, they were doing all these, like, you know, like with the belt, and I'm like, you're Republican? I understand. I get it now. <laughs> it's like a certain lack of empathy, basically. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. They're, like, the Trump White House is crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think he changes his mind a lot. And I'm like, that's my dad. <laughs> that's my, at work. Um, anyways, so uh, my dad actually, his, his, uh, his like torment technique was wanting to know what I was doing every second of the day. So I was productive. So I had to write down everything I was doing. And they paid me for chores, though, which was great. A dollar a week. That's not bad. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a Republican. <laughs> he was a Democrat then. That's crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think he didn't know what party he was supposed to be. <laughs> He's just like, I picked something. I don't know. I'm like, Dad, okay. Um, and then he'd have our, he would wire the TV to go on one hour per day. He's like, pick the hour you want to go on. I'm like, the Arthur hour on PBS. It would, so the TV at like four would go on for an hour and then turn off at five. So, obviously, then I wasn't watch, doing the SNL thing anymore because yeah. I can't watch anything. TV won't even goddamn turn on. <laughs> I mean, just something about uh, imitating Arthur is not the same. Yeah, I mean, he's fun. What a wonderful kind of day. I don't know how the song goes. Yeah, he was just like me. I think Arthur is me. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Dora's a bitch, though. <laughs> is that what no dw, DW sorry yeah. dw, DW Dick, my mom's it. name is dixie walterscheid and dw is her initials she's not she's not the b word but um yeah dw is pretty cool i love that show i loved arthur i don't even know why like there's shows you like and you don't know why that again it kind of jumps back to you i mean the most recent thing you did was the the unicorn show the unicorn comedy show so i mean is there what well just walk me through what the genesis of that was um so I send out emails to a big, like, email list of people who mm-hmm. are, like, regular... A lot of them are not comedians, just people who, like, I run into, and they're like, you do comedy? Oh, my gosh, I want to know your shows. So I started putting together, like, an email list on my phone. And um, I think I just sent out my fifth... Like, I sent it out once a month. Yeah. I sent out my... F- started, like, in January or February. I sent out one for May... And then, like, a, a coffee venue um, answered, and they're like, uh, can you do a show at our place, at our coffee shop? And I'm like, oh, cool. And I started thinking, like, okay, should I charge for tickets? 
And I, I heard that they charge to do anything. Like, they'll charge you to do anything at this place. So I'm like, okay, mm. I have to pay them probably to just run sound or something or to use their microphone. Like, what's that going to cost? Um, should I? So that's why I was like, should I charge for tickets? Yeah. Like, and make it, like, a lucky number, like $7 tickets just for mm. fun. 7.77. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have the change. You can't come in. Um, <laughs> uh, like a casino night of some kind. And... She messaged back, like after I, I sent her like a, a a beta poster, and she sent one back that was way better than my poster. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. And then um, she's like, you know, how much do you, uh, how which um, we wanna make we wanna cover you on everything. How much would you charge for something like this? I'm like, you're paying me. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And then um, I'm like, oh, we do it on Second Friday on Mesa. And that's when a lot of people are on Ma- in downtown Mesa. It's like a swarm of people. So I'm like, okay, they'll make like a lot of money back. So yeah. Um, and I go, I, w- I, w- I want to pay the comedians. Yeah. So I've always wanted to pay people. So I was like, um, you know, more than $5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like thinking 100 mm-hmm. And I was like, no, April, go for like two or 300 yeah. And I was like, Okay, I was like two hundred. She's like, "Yeah, that sounds great." And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool." So I got to pay the twenty uh, five comedians like twenty five dollars each. Nice. I paid my other two friends who did an opening sketch with me. I paid them fifteen each, and then I made like forty five dollars. So that was cool. Right on. Um, but that was it. And I was like, "What can I come up with that I like, but is also well relatable?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so unicorn. I just. Did unicorn? What what was that jump though? Because I mean, that's not what everyone would jump to. Um, there's a there's okay. So I was inspired by a show called the Hot Tub Show in Los Angeles. It's mm-hmm. run by Kristen Kirsten Kirsten Shaw Kristen Kristen Shaw, um, who I I went to the show yeah. in L. A. and I've been following the Instagram for about a year, almost maybe nine months, and I like I think I just the only thing I saw on their Instagram was that I liked the photos. There's, they have a girl taking photos, mm-hmm. and I liked the way they took their photos and the lighting and stuff. So I was like, all right, um, I want to do that. And somehow Unicorn came into my head. I don't know. Because um, I think it's better than saying, like, I like the movie Coraline. Mm-hmm. I would never call it the Coraline show because people would be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um, you know, so I'm like, what's magical that I like that's close to Universal? Yeah. And then somebody said, like, my uh, comedian Trajan Dunkley said, is this, like, a bisexual comedy show? Is this, <laughs> like, the Valley's first one? I'm like, sure. Let's call it unisexual. Because unicorns, yeah. whatever that, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> um, but unisex bathroom, I don't know. You know, it that's just goes. Like yeah, so that's how that happened. Also, shout out to comedian Trajan Dunkley, uh, also a guest of the show. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so can you talk a little bit about, like, the relationship, though, you had with the venue? Because it seems, I mean, oh. they wouldn't just come sight unseen, right? But... Yeah, this one would just be anyone. I'm hoping to take the show to L.A., too, and have a show here uh-huh. and one in L.A. And I'll, I think I know, you know, a place that would pay me to do it. But we'll do, see. How much time do you spend in L.A.? Oh, gosh. Probably three to six months out of the year. <laughs> Um, so what keeps you in both places at once? 
Well, I'm acti- um, so everyone knows I'm trying to actively move there. And I try to avoid questions about my move. Because <laughs> um, I get asked about it so much that it gets depressing that I haven't moved yet. So I try to avoid... Sorry if like anyone's asked me, like in the in Phoenix, if you've asked me about the move and I just walk away from you. Sorry. that's I'm just tired of the questions. Because no one really wants to help. They're just like, so what's that move? What... What has that going? I'm like, are you gonna help me with the boxes? I don't know, you know. Well, there's something about like telling somebody you're moving to LA or to New York, and I think a slight part of anyone you tell kind of wants you to never make it. Kind of wants you to never like oh. to actively fail. I feel like because it's such like a a big like I don't know stigma of a thing to like I'm gonna move to the big city and and you know try it out. And I, so I feel like whenever. At least with people I I know who have done it, it seems like, and, and whenever I have talked about it in the past, like the reaction has always been a little bit of like, oh really? Okay, you're gonna move to LA? Yeah, are you ready? Oh, I mean, are you ready? I for don't know it? if they're. I didn't know they might be thinking that. Um, because when people uh, move to LA and then they come back here, I'm like, like when I read on Facebook that they're coming back, I'm yeah. like, don't come back, don't, like, w- you just move there. Like I get really sad <laughs> when they come back. I'm like, I don't know something, like. One girl moved back, an actor moved back because mm-hmm. she wanted to own a house. Oh. I'm like, you just moved out there like a year or two ago. And it made me sad. I tend to think everybody's against me and hates me. So, that I mean, don't let me that color in my... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think that too. Like, about, I do? About oh, you. God. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I knew uh. it. I knew it. No, I think every comedian thinks people hate them. Like, I also think that. Um, and uh, let's see what were we were talking about. Um, uh, well, so I, I brought up the fact that you're like kind of spending time in both cities at once, but it seems like it's more necessity still at this point than you know the, what the plan was. Yeah. So um, when people ask about the move, one time I asked somebody like, "Why are people asking me about the move?" I know I announced it, but I'm also like, you know, can you stop asking about <laughs> it? And um, one person said, "Well, we want to like a, a booker, a, a comedy booker said, "Well, we want to know where you're at." And I'm like, you can book me no matter where I'm at. I will come to you. You don't need to, like, be like, well, you don't know where you are. I'm like, is it because I'm a woman? You need to, like, keep track of me? Like, no. That's where, that's where my mind went. I don't know if that's why. But... You're mentally, like, walking you home in L.A. Like, just making sure that you're safe. Yeah. I don't. That's kind of a weird. I'm like, are you going to say that to, like, Jerry Seinfeld? Jerry Seinfeld, know where you're living right now. Are you moving? Yeah, we just want to know where you're at. If we can book you. You know, that's kind of weird. I'm not Jerry Seinfeld, but I'm just saying that's how it sounded yeah, like. Definitely. Would you ask other people that? Maybe they do. I don't know. Hope that wasn't confusing to hear. <laughs> Hope that's not com- that explanation wasn't confusing. So what made you feel like you were ready to get out there now? Uh, ooh. Well, I've wanted to be out there since I moved into this place. <laughs> um, 2014, I kind of wanted to be out there, but by 2016, I went on a sabbatical out there from my job my corporate job they gave me like four weeks off paid after you have to be there for like five years or four or five years that I get that you know (laughs) um so I went out there and um I was like yep I feel like I belong here so and then I had done a lot of sketches out here and I kind of felt bored here that's all like you know you you try not to pretend you've done everything out here, but you have. Like, you try to be like, oh, like, the same drive, the same, like, the freeways, everything's the same. I, I could definitely get sick of L.A., too. Like, I already know L.A. really well, like, wherever, like where a lot of things are, because I've driven around just aimlessly out there just for fun. 
and uh, like I, I uh, it's gonna be weird if one day LA is like the same where I'm just like I've been everywhere here can't go anywhere else it's gonna be weird and then you have to just go to some place just like to North Dakota or yeah <laughs> go to Montana um, that's good yeah I was just thinking about that a lot where like I might get sick of LA one day and be like oh this tree again this oh this building you know <laughs> go to the big city I need to go to Dubai yeah yeah so it's just like probably I feel like I've I, I probably haven't done everything out here but I feel like I have and that feeling of being expired like you're expired out here like so I'm always like yeah. I kind of get sick of doing the open mics even though I love all the comedians I love you guys yeah. listening um I do get kind of sick of doing the same open mics for like a year it's only been two or three years um but I'm already like sick of the open mics and just you feel like I feel like I'm judged or because I announced that I was moving, so I feel like I'm judged all the time. I kind of put myself in that predicament. I put my that's my fault, my bad, that I announced it. Um, but uh, I think you get sick of the routine. So now when I do stand up, I try to travel outside the state. If 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 it's like a family funeral, I'm gonna go do a show in that state where the funeral is at. Um, <laughs> if my dad's paying for the ticket. Um, and, uh, um, I was going to say something else. Shoot. Um, also, yeah, I'll do stand up in front of, like, I have some friends who just moved next door and she's like, works at a dispensary and she's like the source of like everything, chocolate, everything. Um, <laughs> you're like, cool, dude. <laughs> um, but she lives there and. She'll bring like coworkers from the dispensary, and I'll just oh, nice. work on material there. So that's really cool. Because otherwise, I really don't have anybody. I live alone, which is great, but I don't really have anybody to like bounce things off of. So like, if you check my Facebook posts, uh, they are edited so hard. Like, if you check the, if you were to click like edit history on any of my posts on Facebook, I probably edited that post like ten times. Because I'm just like, oh, like, you know when you write something out and you think yeah. it sounds good and then you look at it again you're like, no, yeah. Yeah. I don't like words, yeah. I don't like the wording. And then you're like, oh, I should delete it. Oh, I don't know. But I don't have anyone to bounce stuff off of. I mean, I can text people, I guess. But um, I try not, I don't really like bothering people. Do you think that will be improved by being in L.A.? Um, just because it's a new audience? Or do you feel like... I love that. I love new audiences. Yeah. Um, I like the concept that people kind of don't know you I love that feeling and so I can be a little weirder um because I think when people know me I'm like afraid to be a I do a lot of characters but I'm kind of a I don't put them on stage and I want to so bad I'm trying to figure out how to do that do you find yourself leaning more and more towards sketch Um, as an opportunity for that I've always liked sketch since like fifth grade when I was imitating so I've always liked that um that's what I started out doing so that's always a thing I mean I've done sketch comedy troupe I've been in sketch comedy troops um yeah as long as I'm doing something funny that's all I care about so I do like sketch yeah but I also just like saying like one line and people are like oh my god what did you just say like, my mom and dad, they're like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, when I was a kid, they're like, what? I'm sure every comedian can relate. Like, when you're a kid, your parents are like, what just came out of your mouth? They're always at, they're just like, 
this like my mom I said something my mom was telling me the other day I said something as a kid because I'm like she wanted to get me tested for drugs when I was a kid and I wasn't on any drugs I'm like mom I have zero money am I getting where am I getting drugs at and she's like, well, you never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you had this problem. Well, it is, it's, it's such like just an adult thing of uh, the, like, you know, with the, uh, the fear of uh, every time around Halloween of like, you're going to get drugs in your candy. In your candy. And stuff. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. Who was paying for all of this? Yeah. That's so much. I'd I rather, rather have razor blades in there. Um, yeah. So, At least you can uh, use those again. <laughs> in the popcorn balls. Um, but yeah, she said she's going to be tested for drugs and... Uh, there is, um, I asked her about that and she's like, well, there's something you just said that just made me just like, uh, I just was like, uh, what's wrong with this girl? <laughs> <laughs> I was probably like eight or something. I don't know what how 10 or, and then, and then she was also like, that's when she's like, you know, that's when she was like, something's different about her. Our daughter's different. I don't know where she's going, but something's weird. She, like she's different. She, her thought process is different, and she just freaked her out. And um, I don't know. And I also said something to my dad where, like, that we have a deadbeat uncle who gets women pregnant and then leaves them. Um, and he goes around the country doing that as a tour. It's his comedy It's tour. a living. <laughs> it's a living. He owes a lot of child support. I don't know. Is it really? You know? Um, but he'll try to, like, change his name. He'll change it to Wayne. His name is Dan, but he changes it to Wayne. He'll be like a radio host in some town and then leave and then, and then like, um, show up on like grandma's doorstep and then bolt and then show up on our doorstep and then leave. And then, um, he, uh, one of his ex-girlfriends worked at the corporation I worked for. It was weird. Yeah. Um, she's like, your last name's Walter Scheid. Oh, are you Dan's? I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry he was with you. I'm like, are you pregnant? <laughs> um, she's like, no. Um, and she's really nice. But uh, you just kind of, you know, a gypsy. And uh, um, I think, like, one time, well, even now, we never know where he's at. But, like, a few years ago, my dad's like, I don't know where my brother's at. I'm like, doesn't even matter. <laughs> You guys complain about him all the time. <laughs> like, do you really care where he's at? Um, and I go, Dad, he, maybe he's dead. And my dad's like, how dare you? <laughs> and I'm like, you guys don't even, like, you might love him, but I, I don't think you'd care if he was dead, honestly. Because, <laughs> um, you know, the kids are doing just fine. My cousins are doing just fine. Some of them are older because that was the first batch of kids. Second batch, they're filmmakers now. Like, you know. <laughs> The third batch, do they exist? I don't know. There may have been a fourth batch, but yeah. Um, like he, I guess he would threaten to, my mom said he would threaten to like commit suicide and then just go drive in the middle of nowhere and sit in his car and listen to music, you know, mm -hmm. just for attention. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm like, he's lived a good life, all right? Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I said that, like, I guess that was like, our daughter's weird. I'm like, oh. okay. Does that lifestyle i guess in like the loosest sense of it appeal to you just that kind of uh yeah getting getting guys pregnant yeah yeah just knocking up guys back and forth changing your name to wayne um you know kind of uh yeah um i like more stability than that like i do want i wouldn't mind having like a main like a summer home at least and then gypsying it up and then coming back 
you know, just having some sort of home base somewhere. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Because I don't know if he has that. I mean, I don't. I don't know. He started stealing uh, Google images before it was cool. So, <laughs> like, he would steal my ex boyfriend's photography and and put it on his Facebook as his own. And we'd be like, "We need credit for that, you bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> Like, I bought my boyfriend this camera, and I'm not going to have you, like, taking his photos and putting them on yours and, like, changing the filter. But then we all do that now. Yeah, <laughs> we like all do. Normal. He was the future. Yeah. In he invented memeing. Like. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, um, yeah, he, so, um. So you, you like the idea of being able to tour, but you would want the safety net, basically, of somewhere to come home to. Yeah. I don't need to, like, tour all the time, but I. Like, let's say I was on a sketch comedy show, TV show. I won't name name it. I feel bad you're holding this microphone up. <laughs> Are you okay? Is your hand okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I, uh, <laughs> um, I think it would be... I don't mind living in a town where, like, I do most of the stuff. I don't need to tour. I would love to travel. But I don't know if I want to travel, like, all the time. Maybe... Three months out of you know three to six months out of the year um i can't explain what i'm talking about i just like i wouldn't mind being living in the town where everything like if i lived in new york city and everything was there i would do everything there i kind of like that you know but maybe once in a while like oh we want to interview you or photo shoot come to chicago like that'd be cool or come do like uh second city a second city scene with us or whatever so I think I want to have to or have just like have stability. <laughs> Travel with purpose, kind of. Like, yeah. yeah. But also, I mean, every time I travel with my family, I love it. Um, but I think I'd want to go to like Europe or something if I do that. Like go somewhere I haven't been. Um, go. I, I've never been outside the country, so that'd be cool. Uh, I don't even know what I'm saying, but... <laughs> then this is a perfect time to uh, start asking the last couple of questions I'd like to okay. ask. Um, so first off, um, just anybody in town, any discipline, doesn't have, doesn't have to be comedy, what, whoever you feel like deserves some recognition. Oh, um, definitely Rebecca Gambino slash Becky Jo Harris. Um, she's a great improviser, and she keeps me alive. Um, every time I see her, I'm like... I'm glad I'm alive still, like, because, you know, sometimes you get sad, so I'm glad to see her whenever I see her. Uh, Shout out to her yeah. previous guest as well. I doubt she's ever listened to another episode beyond her own, if she even listened to that one, but maybe she'll <laughs> she listen probably, to this one. She probably she probably listened to yours. Um, uh, so I was in a, like, a Muppet film, and I really like the director, Andrew Osborne. I think he needs more recognition. Yeah very hard working he has beautiful amazing funny wife and kid um and he's been slaving over this like script this comedy script called miss otb for years and i just hope that it gets picked up or you know gets sold or something and it takes off it's like a mockumentary it's so funny it's the funniest script i've read in my career so far and I've read a lot of scripts um so I don't know if that really counts but I just hope he yeah, I hope absolutely. it goes really well um because he's been working on it for so long and like dealing with people dropping out or you know just a lot of crap 
and things you have to deal with and you can't yeah, yeah. afford the luxury of contracts happen. and, and he, he keeps budgets. going yeah. and he's probably put 80,000 of his own money or something into or some crazy amount um I don't know if there's anybody else um you know I do there are comedians who I don't know about and there's comedians who don't get recognized and I can think of a few I'm not going to say their names because <laughs> it would be a lot but um, uh, there's comedians I haven't met who I kind of heard of, you know, or haven't heard of. But I really just, like, want to shout out to all those people, even though I'm not saying their names. I'm so sorry. Just go support an open mic. Go, go yeah. check out some people. There are, like, comedians who probably who may feel like they don't matter, like they're not getting recognized. And I want you to know I probably see you. I see you on Facebook. So, yeah. Uh, you mean a lot. Like, I feel that way sometimes. I feel like nobody notices me. But I think they do. It's just in my head, you know. Um, well, um, what about personal projects, then? Anything coming up that you want to plug? Oh. This will probably come out in two weeks from when we're talking. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm on a show in Tucson on July 13th called, called Cunts Being Cunts Talking About Cunts comedy show and the cunts is actually an asterisk so it's really cute it's if you search for the event on facebook it's c like asterisk nts so just type it in like that and it's at cans deli on 340 north 4th avenue tucson arizona uh 8 p.m and i'm excited about that show i think they do a sketch at the beginning of their show nice. uh there's storytelling there's comedians um i don't know i have one cunt joke so <laughs> that uh, I found out I did this cunt joke and then just about how cunts is actually like a nice word that's all it's about it's not even like a bad <laughs> it's not even like a violent joke yeah. or anything but I think like Chris Zucker who runs Comedy Off Main Street mm-hmm. he told me after I told it at Queens before he opened up the comedy club um, he said did you know cunts is actually like bros it means bros in Australian and I'm like damn it <laughs> so I have, to, I have to incorporate that into my joke somehow cool. I don't have to but um, I thought that was interesting and then uh, oh and then that same night I'm not gonna be in town but there should be another unicorn comedy show that same night in Mesa downtown Mesa uh, 105 West Main Mesa uh, Arizona and it's um, at the Nile shop and I'm gonna have someone else host it because uh, I will not be there we were gonna change the date but like i'm like let's just stick with that date so um so nile's doing a lot of cool events recently shout out to the nile yeah and they have a poetry slam that's really great on i think once a month and that crowd is for stand for stand-up comedians poetry slam crowds love i didn't realize they loved comedians so much maybe because it's all dark and they're like <laughs> people are talking about like in the depths of my heart I knew I missed you. You know, they're saying, like, all this stuff. And then we come in, like, hey. <laughs> also doing the same stuff, but, like, in the depths of my heart. <laughs> I farted. <laughs> uh, yeah. I too did. <laughs> Last thing I'd like to ask, unless you have another no, plug. No. Okay. Um, just a piece of advice you want to give somebody who's trying to follow the same path you have. Oh, um, I can't really stress, like, balancing focus on, like, it's hard to, like, focus. Like, I can't stress enough just have like the day you feel focused like definitely do something you like and also like do something you like or write comedy that day if you feel really focused but I can't stress enough like the balance of like 
also having fun, like making silly sounds, like be doing silly voices in your home, even if you have roommates, just do like let them think you have Tourette's, just do silly voices. Um, and when you have that spark of creativity, um, definitely see if you can work out something from it because like the next day you don't know what the next day is going to feel like you might feel really sad and even like the sad days when you feel like this days where I'm like mad or sad I feel like a gangster so I think I write like my best stuff that day as well so like whatever you're feeling if you can like harness it and write something don't be afraid of yourself um and then again the focus thing like for me, it's, like, hard to focus. I don't know if that's everybody. Do you ever feel that way, like it's hard to focus? Absolutely. Uh, and I, I like how you, you phrased that, just kind of the idea of uh, following the emotion, whatever it might be, if it's if it's inspiring. If you feel inspired, whatever might be doing the inspiration, act on it, and whatever happens afterwards happens. And I, I feel like that's that's an important thing to remember, especially if you if you feel like you are a comedian. Like sometimes you feel like you are feeling like you have to write just write comedy, but just do what inspires you. Yeah, yeah, you can just take up tap dancing. Like I took up tap dancing recently because I'm a 1940s girl, theoretically. I love it. So tap dance if you feel like tap dancing. Uh, follow whatever emotion happens to be leading you. If you feel yourself being led, uh, just let oh, it lead you. Oh, and then um, you know, well. Uh, running stuff by people um i think everyone knows this. this is not really like monumental but running stuff by people like sometimes i'll perform a joke in front of friends for a couple hours or a friend for a couple hours if they have time and they give feedback and that is almost like going to 30 open mics if you run material by a friend for like a couple hours because you get good i got good like really fast last summer um that's awesome and i mean even if it's it's not like reinventing the wheel but it's it's something that i feel like people take for granted sometimes just that they're afraid for feedback i think i'm i was afraid for feedback a little bit but um i think it's important to embrace the fail too um love it embrace the fail i think that's a good place to wrap it up but april thank you so much uh thank you for having me on Special thanks to Nick Machete for writing our theme music and Taylor Machete for all of her support. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, don't forget to follow us and leave nice ratings on Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Pinecast.co. And if you or someone you know is pursuing something artistic in the Phoenix area and you'd like to be on the podcast, write to me at starvingartistsphx at gmail.com.